Hello, bookworms. Welcome to The Best Book Ever, the podcast where we talk about your favorite books. I'm your host, Julie Strauss, and today I'm talking to my hilarious friend, best-selling romantic suspense author, Lori Ryan. Lori joins me today to talk about Chosen by K.F. Breen, an urban fantasy with a strong female lead and some surprisingly funny moments, and why it is the best book ever. Hi, Lori. Welcome to the Best Book Ever podcast. Hi. So excited to finally be here with you. <laughs> Lori, I want to start with um, asking you about your reading life. What kind of things did you read when you were young and has that evolved? You know, it's funny. So I read, I I remember reading romance novels when I was young. Um but I don't remember, I don't remember much about them. Um, and then I think I stopped reading for a long period of time, I guess, probably most likely in college, I guess, when I started having to read like homework and things. Mm. Um, so I don't know, but then I started reading again when I was pregnant with my second son. Um, and so in the beginning, let's see, in the beginning, I was reading contemporary romances. And then I started um, writing romance and I, I started writing a contemporary romance. And then um, about halfway through, I was like, boy, more needs to happen here. And so I tossed like a mystery <laughs> element, a suspense element into it. And so that's kind of how the romantic suspense came along. And then I started reading romantic suspense. Um, and then I went through a stage where I read um, a lot of historical romance and I never really had the urge to write that because I knew it would take a lot for me to go learn that, you know, and learn like a a specific period of history. And so I wasn't super tempted by that. Um, but then a few years ago, I started write, reading um, urban fantasy. And that's when I got drawn into, you know, wanting to write an urban fantasy. And I started having that in my head for a long time. So I'm kind of curious myself to see like, am I, is there going to come a point where I get tired of listening to that? And then whatever I, um, cause I listen to audible books most of the time. I, I hardly ever sit down and read, but um, so I, I wonder if there's going to come a time when I'm like moving on to another genre and will that make me want to write that genre or not? I don't really yeah, know. That's my, that was my next question. I wonder too. Yeah. Why is, yeah. why are audiobooks your preferred method of consuming books? Um, mostly because of my lifestyle. I used to read um, eBooks a lot. I used to read paper. I remember when I was younger, I would read paperback books and I know this is going to make like the majority of your readers cringe, but I would take my paperback novels into the bathtub. I would crack the spine. I would soak them and I would float them in the tub. And then I'd peel each page <laughs> carefully to turn it. You so like that. when I read a book, I, would, I don't know, because I just, I liked to soak in the tub and I would just do it for hours. I get in a lot of trouble for being rough on my books because I fold pages down and I write in them and oh, totally do I too. crack spines, yes. but I... I got to say, that's a new one for me. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I know. Um, so, yes, yeah, so then, so for a long time, I read ebooks. Um, and I would, you know, I would read ebooks like a lot when my babies were little and I'd be mm -hmm. like nursing them. I, in the middle of the night, I'd sit there and read an ebook, which is actually 
I think where a lot of my sleep issues come from because I, instead of getting up and just nursing the baby and changing diaper and going back to bed, I would activate my brain a lot by reading. And I think that was a big problem, you know? Um, But if I was doing laundry or the dishes or something like that, I would listen to it. And if, and if it's not an audible, then I just would have my phone play it to me. So it's like this monotone voice and it, I put it on like a really high speed. So my husband comes along and I'll have my headphones in one ear and it'll be like, and he's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm listening to a book. You know, I've, I have heard that before about speeding them up. And every time I've tried it, it makes me nuts. How do you stand it? Really? So see now if I listen to an audible book, I have to listen to it on about 1.4 or 1.5 for it to just sound normal to me. If I listen to it at the normal, at the one speed, it sounds to me like every reader narrator is reading like this. And I'm like, oh my gosh. So now I listen, I, I like I rarely sit down anymore and read just because I don't, I just don't have time for that. If I'm sitting, Mm. I'm doing something um, like on the computer or whatever. And if I'm not, I'm doing like, you know, laundry or dishes or, you know, whatever needs to be done. and, And I'm listening to a book then, but I have noticed that I have a hard time now just not having something in my head. So if I take a walk and I don't have something that I'm listening to, that's hard for me. And there are some times where I, you know, like I'm working on a book and I have to work out a problem. And so I have to make myself go sit somewhere quiet or take a drive and not listen to something. Mm-hmm. And it always works, but it frustrates me. I'm very dependent on it now. Tell my listeners about all of the interesting genres that you write in. Well, I've got um, my my main stuff is under Lori Ryan, and that is um, my Sutton Billionaire series, which I call contemporary romance with a twist of suspense. Um, and then and there's a bunch of books in that series. And then there's a couple series that branch off from that. So if they start at the Sutton Billionaires, they'll find them all. Um, and then I have in that the um, Heroes of Evers, Texas series, which is one of my favorites. It's like a um, small Texas town, um, but it's got a real heavy suspense element in that um, stuff. And then I've got a couple other like um, military romance things here and there under that name. And I write straight contemporary romance with um, Kay Manis. And so we just published that as Lori Ryan and Kay Manis. It's not like a new pen name. Um, and that is a small Colorado town and it's just straight contemporary. There's, it's six brothers who had to come home to like help save the family business. Um, and then now I'm working on a new project that is the urban fantasy stuff. And that is with a, um, a, another friend whose name is Eli and she is a martial artist. So she has, um, two black belts in martial arts and she used to teach authors how to write fight scenes. So she writes all the fight stuff and I write the rest of the stuff. And then we have to kind of mesh it together and stuff. And so (laughs) we're putting that up. (laughs) I know it's cool. Um, We're putting that up on Kindle Vela, which is like a brand new Kindle platform of um, stories that come out as serials. So you get like a maybe two or three chapters a week or so. And you're reading the book as it's coming 
as it's like being put out bit by bit instead of getting the whole book in one chunk. Um, I'm always, I'm so interested to see where this goes because whenever there is some sort of change in reading availability or book formatting, my immediate gut reaction is always absolutely not. That's blasphemy. Books should be (laughs) leather bound paper copies. Once I get over that initial resistance, it's always so interesting to see. And I wonder if that is the future of books. I can't really imagine it, but also it it has all changed. Yeah. I don't know that it's going to be the future. I kind of hope not because I, Mm. I, I don't like waiting. I mean, I have no ability to wait whatsoever. (laughs) So I'm one of those horrible people who won't even read a series until like, if I, if I see a series that looks perfect for me, but there's not like four or five books out in the series, I'm just like, nope, not ready yet. Like I'll, I'll read it when it's done, you know? Hi, friends. Just a quick break to remind you that even though we are melting through a blazing hot summer here in California and the thought of the winter holidays seems like a fever dream, I am nonetheless hard at work on my second annual kids gift giving episode where I interview a bunch of young people about their favorite book. It was my favorite episode to record last year because kids are my favorite people. And you all very clearly agreed. It's still far and away my most popular episode. If you knew a young person ages 5 to 20 who would like to tell me about a book, I would love to talk to them. Go to my website, juliewroteabook.com, and click on the button that says, Be a Guest on the Second Annual Kids YA Gift-Giving Guide. I can't wait to hear from you. Now, back to the show. The book that we're talking about today, Chosen, I thought was a really neat twist on this, on a very typical hyper-masculine trope that we see in the movies a lot, you know, sort of the lone warrior, except this one was all a woman. And knowing you as I know you, it kind of didn't surprise me that you liked it. Um, Will you tell us, first of all, how did you come across this book? Well, so what I normally listen to is um, what I and I think this is what it's called. It's like female protagonist or female lead urban fantasy. Right. And so it's usually, it'll be, it's, it's almost always either a woman who knows she's special and has special powers, or sometimes somebody who doesn't know that they had special powers and then they discover it in the, you know, early in the first book. Um, or it could even be like somebody, there's one where somebody's turned into a vampire early in the first book and that's her, you know, special thing. Um, and it always is the woman against the the woman having to save the world, the woman against this big bad, and they have to save the world over and over again. And usually it's like um, across a series. So it's usually like six or more books where they're trying to defeat this big bad thing and they're chipping away at it in little ways. Most of the urban fantasy I read takes place in current day, modern, somewhere in the world that we know, right? Okay. So it'll take place in... London or New York or Chicago or whatever. But so this one is different for me. It's not the usual one that I listen Mm. to. Um, It is, it's the same in that, that female taking on the world and being the one who's going to save them all in the end. And usually what they do is throughout the series of the book, they're gathering together the group of people that are going to help them save everything in the end. But 
this one is different for me because it's not in a world that we know. You know, it's not set in New York or Austin or London or wherever. It's in this fantasy realm. Um, that's very similar in a lot of ways to our world, but it's got all these different magic rules. And so I, I almost like when I, when I started it, I was almost like, oh, I don't know if this is going to be my thing. And then I absolutely just fell in love with it. Um, and so like earlier you said, you know, you might ask me about what I'm reading now. And because I was doing this talk with you, I went back and I listened to Chosen again. And now I'm going through the whole series again, which I hardly ever do, actually. I don't do that a lot. There's a couple of series that I re-listen to, um, but this is one of them that I'm going through right now. And I'm on probably, I think, book four now listening to it. Why don't you tell my listeners what this book is about? Yeah, so this is about um, a woman named Shanti, who is a... um, I don't even know. They call them mind warriors, I guess, right? They call it mind magic. Or later on in the series, it's called Therma by one of the people that they meet. Um, and so it's basically about her. And there's a man who, a man named Xandra, and he is going around and conquering people and conquering all these villages and towns and cities and taking over. And he um, he tried to conquer her village when she was little. And she actually has so much of this um, thing they call mind power or therma um, and is so strong with it that she was actually able to fight off the the soldiers that he sent early on to kill her people um, or to capture most of them. And so she grew up being told she was the chosen, the one who has to defeat this guy. And um, when the book picks up, she's now a grown woman um, and uh, Exandra has come back to her village again and has killed off many of her people. Um, And they fought back and some of them are in hiding and she is crossing the world basically to try to go find the people, another people that she knows are connected to her through her ancestors to try to convince them to fight alongside her. Tell me why you like this one so much. Um, you know, I was trying to think of that. And I, I think there's a couple things. I like that the characters are all so big. You know what I mean? There's the the um the guy who is right now just sort of um I don't even know what you would consider him in this book, but he's going to eventually be her love interest, Kyan. Um, so he's the captain. Uh-huh. Of the I figured. Her in. So <laughs> okay. yeah, he's going to be her love interest down the road, but it takes a long time, which is another kind of hallmark of these, um, the type of urban fantasy that I read. Some of them, you occasionally will get this sort of insta love, but a lot of them are this very slow burn romance throughout the whole series. That isn't really the main focus of the book. It's mm-hmm. just there as part of it. Um and then, um, so there's Kion is just this huge figure. I mean, he's so important to his people and he's so big and powerful. Um, and Shanti is so big and powerful, you know, like I love that she's as strong as she is, even though in some ways, um, you know, I was thinking about it as I re-listened, there are some times where she is, um, a little bit like she almost verges or balances right there on the edge of like 
being a little too unsure of herself at times. You know what I mean? Um, in that book one, she's kind of like a little too woe is me and why do I have to be the chosen one and blah, 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 you know, instead of just being like, no, I'm going to go get the job done, you know? Um, but for the most part, she's this very powerful, like she knows how strong she is. Um, she doesn't take shit from anybody. You know, they try to, he's, you know, she's, she's in this village. They've taken her in because she was like on death's doorstep. And, um, you know, they try to put her in dresses and frilly things. And she's mm-hmm. like having none of it, which is funny in and of itself. I mean, the mm-hmm. scenes there with the women trying to dress her and she's like, you know, can't stand wearing a nightgown. So she doesn't understand why you would want to tangle your legs up at night. And to her, she just throws it off and they're all like aghast that this woman would go nude and, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. I mean, it's hysterical. Um, but the other thing that I like about this is that every character in this book, um, has a character arc in and of themselves. And so you see some of it in the beginning in the first book. You don't see all of it, but as you go along, you know, so she has her honor guard is are these these young guys that are are um in the military, but they're on trained and they're just kind of wannabes in the beginning and or actually some of them are not even wannabes. They're not sure they really want to be there. Um mm-hmm. But they're set, Cayenne charges them with just monitoring her and watching her and making sure she's safe, right? Which is like the last thing that Shanti needs from them. Like she's a warrior, you know? Um, She doesn't need little boys keeping her safe. And so she starts just training them because that's what she does. She teaches guys and she doesn't take any shit from them. And, you know, she just treats them as though they can do it, you know? And then they start to live up to that expectation. And each one of those boys has a um, character arc of their own that goes through the whole series. And you get to see this development. Mm. Um, Oh, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Later on, there's even a horse um, who has a character arc of his own. No, you lost me. (laughs) No, 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 no. He doesn't. No, 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 no. It's not like, you know, the speaking cat or whatever. He doesn't speak. Um, It's not like that at all. No, not at all. Um, but he has, um, initially this was a little hard to handle. Um, I really hate any book that has like animals being hit or anything like that. Like I can't Mm. stand that, but there is in this second book, I think she meets this horse and it's a, it's clear that it's a battle horse that has escaped from Exandra's armies. And so they've trained it and it's crazy. It's like this psycho horse. They've tried to train it through what's very clearly harsh means. And this horse is having none of it. I mean, he bites, he kicks, um, he won't listen. To, you know, he just goes anywhere. And Shanti is afraid of riding horses. And this is the horse that she ends up with. And so um, when he bites and kicks her, she punches him in the face. Ooh. And so for me... I had a hard time with that at first because I was like, oh, I don't like, you know, hmm. I, I just don't believe in that. And I don't like to see it. But because this is fantasy, you, you I was like, OK, it's fantasy. I'm going to keep going. And what happens is you realize this horse has its own personality. It's got its own backstory. <laughs> and you get you get little pieces of its backstory as the series goes on. And she and the horse get to this real bonding 
time and they become this real team. And so I'm still not in love with that part of it. <laughs> you know, I, I would have rather had that part of it be, you know, but I don't think they could have, you know what I mean? You couldn't have had that development without that in a sense. And I don't feel like it's endorsed in the book. You know what mm. I mean? Um, so I don't know. It's, you know, there's parts of it that I don't love, but, but I loved that by the end of this, the like fourth book or so, you're like, this horse has a character arc. I like that she doesn't introduce that until later because that's the type of thing that in the first book would have made me go, oh, come on. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and set it down. And I would, would guess that by the time you get to, books two, three, and four, you trust her enough to go, okay, what this is odd, but whatever she does with this horse's backstory, yeah. is, you already trust yeah. her as a writer. Yeah. You're like, I'm going to see where this goes. And, and definitely, you know, with these types of series, it's not like you're going to pick up one. Well, you might, because you don't read this kind of thing. <laughs> so you probably won't go read the rest of them, but, um, most people who read these, like, you're not going to just pick up one book and be like, okay, I'm done. It's the kind of book where you're going to read it in order and you're like gobbling them up and seeing yeah. what happens in the end. And they just build and build and build and the relationships become tighter. You know, I think usually you're seeing um, a lot of people just kind of sacrificing throughout the book and, you know, you know, everybody kind of pulling together and sacrificing to beat whoever this big bad is. Well, that's one of the things that really surprised me and charmed me about it is because um, I didn't know as I went into it that it was a series and it doesn't have a, you know, as a as a first book in a series usually does not have a really super satisfying ending. It has a pause in the action. But all of the characters were interesting. And so, yeah, I I love hearing that that they continue and and continue because I do want to know what happens to everyone. Every even the minor characters are very well drawn. I thought, yes, they really are. Um, and and as you go through, I mean, there's more than one POV in this. Everybody has a POV in this. So mm -hmm. you know, there's this. Um, so the you know, there's that one guy, the I forget, a Sanders, who's the military guy who, um, you know she's kind of always at odds with and then she has to go and you know save him and, and so they have this relationship that builds throughout the whole book and you see him but you also see his relationship with his wife and then you see his wife developing and and there's all kinds of stuff and there's a lot of stuff in this the the um land that she's brought into Kion's Kion's city you know women in their world are you know dress up and they mm -hmm. they don't wear pants that you know it's this sort of very old-fashioned view of women um and it's fun because you know as the thing goes on you see that well the women are not powerless in this world and so in at a certain i think in book three or so um you find out that they're that the women are poison experts because they need a way to defend themselves against the <laughs> men in the in that land and so they're experts at poison and they know how to poison in a little way where you're just going to be in the bathroom for the next few days because, you know, don't ever hit me again. Um, 
and you know they know how to poison where you're not waking up tomorrow because damn it you've hit me 500 times and I'm done with it and so and that becomes a big part of it there's a they take this young orphan girl who has been studying this stuff and she becomes a really big player in book three or four where she's got to use that knowledge to help them defeat the enemy and so, like, it's just this really cool, you know, and, and all you're seeing all the men in the world realizing, like, oh, everything we've thought, you know, is is not really the way things are. Um, and so I think I'm at the beginning of book four right now again, and they're racing home because they know that their city has been overtaken by the enemy and that mm. all their people there are captives and they're going to get home just in time to basically see the uprising by the women. Um, and it's, you know, it's pretty cool. Um, so there's some fun themes like that going on in here. And you mentioned how funny it is. And I have to say that that's where all the humor was when Shanti, who is a warrior, the, the lone warrior who I mentioned, who shows up at the beginning has absolutely no familiarity with all of those gender norms and pretty much loses her mind trying to get away from them. Those parts were so funny and watching that interplay because she was a better warrior than everybody there. She should be in charge and yet she has to wear corsets. And the funniest parts were like when she learned cuss words (laughs) she didn't know know. and she mispronounces them and somehow they're worse. I know it's great. And she's like charmingly, you know, really entertained by these cuss Mm -hmm. words, you know, Mm -hmm. she, and so that keeps up throughout the series. She's like collecting them from every land she goes to and, (laughs) and is like really just loves them. Toward the end of it, a lot of her people end up coming into the series and they come into to Kayan's land. And then it gets even funnier because the men somehow, <laughs> oh, I think they were injured. And they realize that the corset is great at binding injured ribs. And so they're walking around town with like nothing on, but like, you know, they're, I don't know, a, co- a pink corset that they bought from Mrs. So-and-so uh-huh. and like somebody's skirt that they took off the line and isn't this skirt great because it's all free flowing and I get so much air up under there I mean it's like the coolest thing so then of course Sanders and Kyan are running around the town trying to get control of like the men (laughs) and all of this is going on while you're still having a bat a battle Alexandra and his army who is really quite terrifying you know what I mean it's there's this really serious side to it and then there's this really humorous side to it. Who do you give this to when you tell people to read this? Like, what kind of readers do you recommend this to? I mean, usually if they're like an urban fantasy reader, then I'll be like, oh, you need to go try this one. This is my favorite. And it's not it's maybe not 100 percent what you thought, like what you think of when you think of an urban fantasy because it's happening in this other realm. But um, but yeah, so it's if there's other readers out there, there's other authors out there, like if people like Ilona Andrews, they will love this. If they like um, Faith Hunter or um, Janine Frost, um, Patricia Briggs, all of those type of people, I think they would love this series. So it's really like if you're a fantasy reader, if if people aren't into fantasy, I think it's harder for them to like this book. But if somebody says to me, you know, do I want like a, like you said, like a funny 
book that's got like intrigue and mystery kind of to it and characters that are really great and in-depth characters and that kind of thing, then I might say, well, try this. But I don't know. I mean, you know, it's funny. I think I feel like a lot of times the response to I write urban fantasy or I write fantasy or I write, you know, vampires and witches and werewolves is even more like, okay, you Mm -hmm, know, so mm -hmm. you write kids books or whatever. They're really not kids books. So I think it's just a matter of if people are into these genres. Yeah, that's why I think this one would be such a great entry point, because you would really see Mm -hmm. that, yes, there is that subset of it that is that hyper masculine and women in gold bikinis and that bullshit. Yeah. Um, which I'm sure some of it's very good. I don't actually know. Um, <laughs> but this one's good because it's got a lot of the tropes, but flipped flipped upside down. And and I think with my limited knowledge of urban fantasy, this feels like a really, really good entry into it that you can see there's an incredible array of the way this type of book is done. Yeah, I do think so. And, you know, the other thing too, though, is that as much as they're sometimes on these covers, you'll see them and they'll be real kind of the sexualized gold bikini mm-hmm. type of thing. Right. Some yeah. of them, not all of them, um, but some of them. And, but when you get into the books, they very rarely are. It's, mm-hmm. it's, you know, it's usually that the woman is really kicking ass. I think it's a great genre. I mean, it can also be kind of a great genre for young girls. I think, even though this one, is is a little too, too mature and a lot of them are a lot of them are a little too mature and stuff for young girls but there you know there are some young adult versions of this genre that are great for girls Lori, why don't you tell my listeners where they can find you sure so if you want my romance stuff um you can find me at lauriryanromance.com um and it's just l-o-r-i-r-y-a-n romance.com um i'm on facebook too at you know as Lori ryan and um, and then if you want to try the new fantasy stuff, which is really cool, it's um, it's a series about a woman named Roxy Andrews, um, who was raised um, by her mother to believe that her brother, who is an an eggborn dragon. So he's a dragon made of magic, not of um, like not born to two parents, um, that her brother was going to have to save the world someday and she needs to keep him alive Um, long enough so he can do that and it turns out the mother was wrong and there's going to be a lot that happens and and it's fun I like that series a whole lot Um, so if you would like to read that that's um, on Vela Kindle Vela right now um, under the name Lori Collier thank you for introducing me to this book and this author I'm looking forward to reading more Um, and thank you for joining me today. It's always so fun talking to you. Thank you for having me. I know I'm so glad that I finally came on. Thanks for listening, bookworms. For more information on this episode and links to all the books we discussed, please go to our website, bestbookeverpodcast.com. You can also follow the podcast on Instagram at bestbookeverpodcast. I'm your host, Julie Strauss, and you can find me everywhere as Julie wrote a book. Remember, whenever you're book shopping, help support indie bookstores and this podcast by using my affiliate link at bookshop.org slash shop slash best book ever. Bookshop's mission is to support local independent bookstores. And if you shop using my link, I get a small percentage of your purchase at no extra expense to you. 
Thanks for joining me today, and I will see you at the library.